Let's go now to our political editor, Jane Patterson. Kia ora to you, Jane. Kia ora, Guyan. Let's just start by putting this into context, the magnitude of this. Of course, people remember John Key resigning while Prime Minister, but this feels bigger than that in the sense that he was in a third term. Um, and she also has resigned knowing, presumably, that Grant Robertson, the most likely successor and the most senior one there, wasn't going to take the job. That's right. A massive step from Jacinda Ardern and one that has come as a big shock uh, to kick off this election year. Grant Robertson and her, um, they spoke over the summer about this. He is a confidant of Jacinda Ardern. So his position, um, of course, would have been very clear to her. But there also comes a time, Guy, and especially when you're coming into an election year where you actually have to make that call. So, you know, I asked the Prime Minister at the end of last year, do you commit to a full term if Labour wins election and she sort of fudged around it but ended up giving that commitment but that those pressure and those questions would have been what she had faced at the start of this year and there's only so much you can fudge it if that decision's been made so while it's a shock coming back at the start of the year it does give her successor time to bed in to get some name recognition and to put the stamp on that caucus and ministerial lineup um, that they want to into election year. Before we move on to who those most likely successors are, let's talk for a second about Grant Robertson. Do we have any sense of why he's so wedded to this position of not stepping up? I mean, you had Bill English in a similar position with John Key saying, I don't want the leadership, but then when it came to it, he was he, he stepped up for it. A, do we know why he's so adamant? And B, do you think he could be for turning? Look, it is quite early days in terms of Grant Robertson's position other other than what he has said publicly and what he has said publicly is in 2014 when he lost that leadership contest he said he stood in the caucus room and said I will not seek the position of Labour leader again now as you've just referred to and as, as we've seen other politicians um, they can always find a way around those past comments if they really um, do spy an opportunity. Um, my feeling is is that he has also been through a couple of tough terms um, alongside Jacinda Ardern and as Finance Minister. He says he's really happy in that role um, and wants to carry on as Finance Minister and will contest the election. Um, but he referred to the fact that, you know, if you want your job, you've, if you want the job, you have to commit to a hundred commit to it 100%, which he obviously doesn't want to, doesn't want to do. And Politically too, I'm not sure if having Grant Robertson at the helm would have been enough of a separation um, from Jacinda Ardern if that's what they're really after too in terms of those electoral chances. Um, he's very wedded to her, they're very, they're seen as very close so if they want a real break um, then they will be looking elsewhere but you know, I do think Jacinda Ardern was still Labour's best shot at this election. They've lost a big asset despite the public backlash from some quarters um, and criticism and scrutiny of the government, which of course is warranted. But uh, no mistaking, this has made Labour's job that much harder come October. Indeed. So let's talk about the process. We heard in Craig McCulloch's tr uh, track there, I think the, lead, the new leader needs, what, two-thirds of the caucus, so that would be, what, 44 MPs or so? Other, otherwise, it goes out to that, that process where everyone, all well, the membership get a say, and that would, be a, that would be a nightmare for them, wouldn't it? That would be a nightmare, and then you take away the chance for a quick, clean leadership contest, because as we've seen, and as the National Party's shown us over the last couple of uh, years in opposition, these leadership contests and 
and especially with the high stakes of a prime ministerial ship and you know the um, the leadership of the country at stake, it can turn pretty ugly um, in the heat of the contest. And Labor will be absolutely wanting to avoid any colleague on colleague criticism or anything that undermines their brand as a party. Um, so they will be working hard. I'm sure there's a, a pretty tight time frame set for this. The vote will be here in Wellington on Sunday. So the the machinations will be on. They're all together, of course, in Napier. So they'll be able to have lots of face-to-face conversations with Parliament not resuming. But they'll be looking for a quick, uh, clean contest. If they can solidify the votes around a candidate, say, for example, Chris Hipkins, um, before that time, then we could, could see a clean contest. Interestingly, though, we may not actually see anyone declare. Um, They can go through this process over the next couple of days without publicly declaring their hand. Um, If some... um if, if it starts to get a bit a bit tricky, someone might declare to maybe force the hand of another person to show their hand. We're really not sure, but presu- but we could technically go through um, and have an idea about who the candidates are, but not actually have them publicly declared mm. before Sunday. Mm. And, and if Grant Robertson doesn't change his mind, and it seems as, as though you think that that's unlikely, really Chris Hipkins is by far and away the front runner, isn't he? I mean, Michael Wood is, is known to those of us who follow politics closely, but probably not much recognition in in the wider um, public. I guess it leaves uh, Kitty Allen as a potential outsider. How do you see it? Yeah, so Michael Wood and Kitty Allen, um, both relative newcomers, um, have been performing well and are well-liked um, and well-received within the Labour Party itself. You also have Megan Woods, another senior minister, um, based down in Christchurch, seen as a competent pair of hands um, and um, campaign manager on that political side, a, a senior, experienced minister. But really, it does seem that Chris Hipkins is the early favourite. Um, he built up recognition um, and uh you know, was seen as a competent pair of hands, especially through the COVID pandemic. The interesting thing here is if Grant Robertson, and I don't think he will change his mind, is my, my personal mm. view at this stage, um, if he stays um, as finance minister... And also, there is no vacancy at the moment for Deputy Prime Minister. Um, so we have a situation where a leader could go into that contest and the decision has been made that Grant Robertson would not be challenged or would stay in deputy. A decision could be made that the whole ticket would be opened up so that they would want a leader and then a deputy that the leader wants to run with or who um, you know they want to run as a team and present as a team to the caucus. And an interesting dynamic, if Chris Hipkins does have enough support to get the leadership it brings up that question of diversity so to have two Pakeha men from Wellington um, doesn't tick those diversity boxes both in terms of ethnicity representation and also regional representation all of these things factor into these leadership races and they will all be the sorts of questions and considerations that MPs are discussing right now. Thanks very much, Jane. That is Jane Patterson, who is our political editor.